0: I kind of start off with a little bit of a journey that was picking up on the previous weeks from Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, we see the explosion of the church. We see what God did in the very beginning at Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, on that particular feast day that was a Jewish feast day. It wasn't just a, a, Christian, a Christian holiday. It was a Jewish feast day. The Holy Spirit's poured out upon all flesh. And Peter preached. I, I'm still stoked when I think about what Pastor Tim brought forth about stirring the gifts. Amen. Activate the gifts in your, in your life. Every one of us have gifts from God. Amen. Every one of us are uniquely called as a blessing in the kingdom. Every one of us have reason and purpose. And uh, amen, to accomplish to be a blessing in the earth. Praise God. But I want to go to. Uh, I want to talk about. I was talking about the two en- enemies. Two enemies of intimacy and revelation. That are constantly have to be managed. I don't want to say it that way. They must be managed. These two areas. That try to control our lives. They really endeavor and war to control our lives, and to trump the anointing that God has in our life and the calling that he has in every one of our lives. Listen, if there were no fivefold offices mentioned in Ephesians Ephesians 4.11, what is mentioned to us is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we all are ambassadors. Ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Every one of us say, I am an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. I have been sent. Say it by my father in heaven. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, you just meditate on that for a while. And say that over and over and mutter on that for a little bit and all of a sudden you find your your back shoulders going back a little bit, your head coming up. Amen. And you start feeling I am an ambassador of the most high God. Praise God. It changes your posture. Instead of this stuff, you know, well, I'm just an old sin worm saved by grace. No, I am a son of God. Hallelujah. I am blessed. I am sanctified, being justified. I have been justified. I'm walking in the justification of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm walking in the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. That's my portion. Amen. But there's a whole lot of stuff that wants to control our fruitfulness. Let's put it that way. And John, Jesus said, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Let's go there for a minute. John chapter 15. 16. It's in that area. I'll find it. Glory, glory, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fifteen sixteen, I believe it is. There it is. Ha. See, I don't forget anything I remember. Well, glory to God. Thank you. Amen. The before we read the scripture here, and I'm going to back up a few verses. Two enemies of intimacy of our enriched and blessed intimacy with God Almighty and the revelation that comes as a result of that intimate relationship. First one was preoccupation. The second one, which we're going to look at today, I'm going to pick up on preoccupation, I think, but is procrastination. Two P words. Preoccupation and procrastination can dramatically affect the level of intimacy we have with our God. And the revelation you and I live in and walk in. Okay. But Look in John 15. Starting with verse 9. Verse 9, Bill. As the Father loved me, agape, I also love you. Abide in my love. <laughs> Glory to God. Abide, dwell in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Now, what is joy? What does joy do on the inside of you? It shines. Joy shines. When you and I have joy, and we do, it's part of the fruit of the spirit. But Jesus said, my joy, look, what, what do you say here? These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. See, when our joy is full, the joy of the Lord. Now, I'll tell you what, there, there's two sides to that coin or that revelation just directly depends on how you look at it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In other words, if I have his joy in me, that makes me joyful. But what about his joy in me is my strength? How about that? How about the Lord so delights in you? And it brings him such joy. You, you, not it. You bring the Lord such joy. (laughs) say that by faith i bring my lord jesus great joy hallelujah so when you and the more you and i realize how pleasing it is we are to him how he delights in us he delights in us hallelujah i'm not making this stuff up Go to Proverbs. Hold your place there a minute and go to Proverbs. I want to back it up with the word. How much does my Lord Jesus delight in me? Hallelujah. Go to Proverbs chapter 8 with me. <laughs> you know, that's one of the beautiful things of Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, there is a thread, and it's the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. There's a bloodline. Woo! Hallelujah. In the book of Proverbs, Jesus is wisdom. Most theologians and everybody would agree that wisdom is Jesus actually speaking. Now, starting with verse 27 of Proverbs chapter 8, when he, he's speaking, and again, the He's speaking about the father. When the Lord prepared the heavens, I, wisdom, was there. Jesus was there. So you could read it this way. When the father, go back one verse, or I'm sorry, 27. While as yet he he had not, I'm sorry, 827? Is that where you're at? Okay. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. There you go. Thank you. When he, being the father, prepared the heavens, I, Jesus, was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he, the father, established the clouds above, when father strengthened the fountains of the deep, verse 29, when father assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command. When he, the father, marked out the foundations of the earth. Now look at this verse, next verse. Then I, Jesus' wisdom, was beside him as a master craftsman. And I, Jesus, was Father's delight, rejoicing always before Papa. So, yeah, when we're singing those songs today, we're going to dance, 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 dance in the river. Jesus would do it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 31. Not only did Jesus rejoice before the Father, rejoicing, Jesus rejoiced in his inhabited world. And Jesus is speaking. My delight was with the sons of men. Don't ever tell me God doesn't delight in you and Jesus doesn't delight in you. Hallelujah. I got news, good news for you. That even when you and I get off course, if we make mistakes, if we sin, even his delight is still in us. He looks at our eternal spirit and says, bless God. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, I paid the price for you. You gave your heart to me. You know, you made some, you, made, you goofed up here. Repent of it. Amen. Get under the blood, receive my forgiveness for it, and get on about Father's business. Hallelujah. As quickly as you and I blow it, he, his, his delight doesn't draw back. I delight in you. Glory to God. It's a constant as the sun in, in Psalm 80. Uh, Psalm, I'm sorry, 80, Psalm 90 rather. The, David talks about the sun being the faithful witness in the sky. It is a witness and testimony of God's constancy. Hallelujah. That's uh, Listen, that's why the clouds. I mean, clouds can affect your psyche, your soul. But you know what? If you start thinking, and I've trained myself to do this at 35,000 feet, it's blue sky sunshine. No matter what I'm is here, this umbrella above me, bless God above it. Is blue sky and sunshine. And I just need to get above these clouds. Hallelujah. Amen. And if I'm in in a jet going somewhere. Sporting somewhere. It could be raining cats and dogs below me. But bless God. I'm enjoying the blue sky and sunshine. Hallelujah. Amen. Then it's time to descend. Well, let's come on back down here. All right. Well, Jesus, if your delight is in the sons of men, my delight is in the sons of men. Because it's in you. I live and move and have my being. It's in you. I have my, uh, my uh, identity. This is going somewhere. Hallelujah. It's in him we have our identity. So, Listen. The devil wants to do what? He wants to just try to render us unfruitful. Now go back to John 15. These things, verse 11, I have spoken to you that my joy may remain constant, just like that faithful witness in the sky in Psalm 90. See, joy isn't happiness. Joy is essence. It's a heavenly material. It's part of God. And that part is in us. It's constant. As constant as that sun. Is there. The sun is there 24-7. Hallelujah. Amen. And what is it? It's a testimony. A couple few weeks ago. We had to go to. Uh, there was a rainstorm. I think Monday a week ago. And. uh There was a storm, and there was a double rainbow up in the sky. And some of the kids that were there, just uh, two of our grandchildren were with us. And I said, do you guys know what that is? And they said, well, yeah, it's a rainbow. I said, do you know what it means? Do you know how it it got there? And the one is very intelligent. You know, of course, grandkids, all kids today have an intelligence. They have a chip. Carol says they have a chip we didn't have. Hallelujah. You know, the beautiful thing about computers is, and I don't now it's, technology is uh, excelling so fast. Amen. Things are antiquated in a year. But there was a time you could actually buy more RAM memory for your computer and have a techie put it in. Hallelujah. What we need to do is say, God, I need more RAM. But you know what? He's already provided all we needed. If, if mankind at best is functioning at 10% of the brain ability, why not ask God, Lord, enhance my brain ability to function as you designed it? Wow. Hallelujah. You have not because you ask not. Lord, give me 11%. Huh? Yeah, it was Andrew. Yeah. Andrew said, well, yeah, I can tell you how it got there scientifically the <laughs> dude's old, 12 or how old is he he's yeah he's going in eighth grade I can tell you pop how it got there scientifically I so, said well let me tell you how it got there by cre- creatively said like God flooded the earth and destroyed mankind as we know it and then he made a covenant with Noah I'm going to put a bow in the sky as a sign of my covenant to you that I will never destroy the earth again by water there was never a rainbow till that time. Hallelujah. And then they're like, whoa. Yeah, you know, not only is there a rainbow, it's a double rainbow. Hallelujah. I'm like, you know, there were two grandkids. I said, well, there's one for each of you. Amen. <laughs> John 15. Verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. A lot of times we read too fast through Scripture. This is my commandment that you love each other as I have loved you. If I've ever learned about love, I have to be honest. I've learned a lot about love for my wife. Learned a lot. I've learned so much from her life and your life, honey. I ain't there yet, but I'm I'm like Paul, I'm pressing forward. Hallelujah. But to love everyone in this room as Jesus has loved me. <laughs> what did Jesus say to the to Simon? When he went into his house, the Pharisee and Mary came in and began to weep over the Lord's feet, bowed at Jesus's feet, washed his feet with her tears, wiped her feet with his hair. Or, I'm sorry. What do you say? His, yeah, she was wiping Jesus's feet with her hair. <laughs> Washing his feet. With her tears. Simon has a thought. If this man knew a kind of woman. Was washing his feet. He wouldn't allow it. And he turns to Simon. Says Simon. I entered your house. You gave me no kiss. She hasn't stopped kissing my feet. I entered your house. And you gave me no water for my feet. Which was culturally. Right and custom. It was not only a humility. It was a greeting. That the, And the dust. The reason their sandals came off. And you washed their feet. was the dust represented. Having the world on you. So they washed the world off of you. So your fellowship could be pure. As you fellowshiped. Around God. And as God's kids. And he says this. Let me ask you a question. If there was a man who had great debt and had sinned greatly and a man who hadn't sinned much and they were both forgiven, who do you think would love more? And Simon answered it right. He said, well, the one who's been forgiven the most. He said, you answered, well, he who's forgiven much loves much. He who's forgiven little no, that's in the appraisal. That's in our personal appraisals. Well, I wasn't that bad a person. I I, I I'm I'm a good person. I'm saved, but I'm a I am am I'm a good person. Well he who is forgiven little loves little. You want to do some homework? Delve into your value in Scripture of how much God loves you. And I want to say this. I don't even think we can grasp it totally of how wicked our sin is and was in comparison to His holiness. What are you saying? My ability to love you is directly connected to the revelation I have of how much I've been forgiven. The more I understand, and listen, let me just share with you, it's from the heart day. Paul starts out in his ministry, Acts Acts 13, the prophets and teachers are praying, fasting, seeking the Lord. And the Holy Ghost says, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, to the work to which I've called them. And they sent them out to the Gentiles. So Paul goes out with Barnabas and they begin to preach the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere they go. Signs and wonders following their ministry to confirm that the God they serve is real, and he is God. All the gods, and listen, the Gentiles had plethora of gods, and now they're coming to sell bill goods. Uh, the gods you worship are false. The God we serve is real. Come on. And that's, the, that's the attitude you and I got to have. A lot of people say they're Christian, and yet their God has no power. Because their God is based on a religious experience rather than a personal encounter. At not only encounter, empowerment of the Most High. To be a witness. Hallelujah. Say, I'm an ambassador, but I'm a witness just the same. I didn't even have to tell you to say that. Boy, see, I had the Holy Ghost. got, mm, just then you like, gee. Yeah. Hallelujah. Whew. greater love, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that than to lay down one's life for his friends. His covenant partners I put in there. Greater love is there. No greater love is there than this, than a man lay his life down for his friend. Pray for the military. Pray for our police. Don't leave the men and women in blue out either. They're putting their life on the line just because of the uniform they wear. If Romans 13 talks about governing officials and calls the police ministers of righteousness, that's what the Bible says. How do we honor their position in society? The Bible says in Romans 13 that they are ministers of good. The people who are doing right don't have to fear it. They don't have to fear the sword that the government officials bear. Thank you. every time you see a police officer. Thank him or her. Say, thank you for the for what the service you do for us. Every time you see someone in military uniform. Approach them and say. Thank you. For serving our country. And serving our, our people. Amen. Just do it. You have no idea of the power that's in that appreciation. Glory to God. Amen. Greater love has no one than this. That lay one's life down for his friends. He says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So the inference there is, if you don't do what I command you, you're not my friend. If you don't do what I command you, then by default, you're saying you're not my friend. I'm not saying you're not my friend. You, by your actions or your choices. Are saying, you're not my friend. Creating a breach. Verse 15: No longer do I call you servants. And this is for everybody in here. You're not a servant. We serve. We serve because Jesus served. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You, this is the the scripture. The reason you're in the seat you are today, of course, that you chose come you chose to you chose to obey the command of the Lord so by default by the choice of your willingness to say you know what I'm going to church because it's right Jesus has said there's my friend there's my friends my mom always said show me your friends and I'll tell you what you are so if you all are my friends right so that means I accept who you are. I also accept who you're not yet. I also accept what you are. Maybe not a grey. But what you will be. I accept who you are because of whose you are. You're my kings. You're my brother. You're my sister. Hallelujah. How can I not love you? So if my actions and words don't line up with with love, I'm a clanging cymbal. We can prophesy and we can have Holy Ghost dancing and everything else, but if I don't love you where the rubber meets the road, I'm a bunch of noise. It's easy to love people when things are going well. Huh? <laughs> when things are tough how can I even know if, if you're going through a difficult time and that's but going through a difficult time doesn't disqualify you as a person of faith it just means you're going through a difficult time but it's interesting that scripture says a threefold cord cannot easily be broken two are better than one Amos says unless two agree how can they walk together Well, glory. He said, you did not choose me. Look at the verse. This is Jesus speaking. Well, Lord, I remember the day, April 23rd, 1974, 730 in the morning. I chose to make you Lord of my life. Mm-mm. April 23rd, 7.30 in the morning, Tuesday morning. When I said, Jesus, please be my Lord and Savior, it's because he chose me. And he gave me the ability because of people praying for my salvation. The word was activated. Angels were activated. Understanding and comprehension began to come of my need for a Savior. and Who that Savior was. I didn't choose him. He chose me. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> See, think about that for a minute. When you and I come to gather together and to move in praise and worship, my, lo- we should have to be trying to tone you down. Come on, saints. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. whoa saints. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on. Order. Order. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Glory to God. It's time to praise, Pastor. Get out of our way. Hallelujah. Amen. Worship team, we're going to learn you some things. Hallelujah. Let us show you how David did it. (laughs) (laughs) You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should what? I can't hear you. Go. Go. First words. He says, activate two-thirds of God. Go. Duh. Who do we worship? Go. Duh. God so loved the world that he goad send his son. Are you with me? Goad. Oh, I think it's God. I think it's goad. <laughs> and bear fruit. In Hebrew culture, For women to be barren, they were considered cursed. There was a curse somehow that came down on their womb. Whether it be generational, sins of parents, whatever. But there was barrenness was considered to be a curse. Hence, when you read the scripture and you see Elizabeth, the Lord has seen my barrenness and has blessed me. Amen? Boom. Now, of course, that was... The result of Zacharias, intimacy. Hallelujah. Amen. But she became what? Fruitful. The kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Did Jesus, did Jesus, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Jesus was fruitful while he was here? Come on, somebody answer me. Absolutely. Say, absolutely. Absolutely. So, when did the fruitfulness begin to manifest in Jesus' life? Of course, character, it was all through his years. But when did the evidence of the power of God, the love of God and power of God, begin to come forward with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Baptism in water, baptism in the Spirit. I heard one great, great man of God say this. He said, I'm convinced that when Jesus was baptized by John, he said, Lord, I don't need to baptize you. I need you to baptize me. I need what you got. I've been telling folk that when you come, you know, you're going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. I would love to have something. John didn't even realize he was under the fire of God already. He had an anointing from the Holy One. Amen. 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 (laughs) <laughs> think about who did you think about it as a forerunner, a messenger before the Lord, fulfilling the scripture 400 years after Malachi. Behold, I will send a messenger declaring, you know, preparing the ways of the Lord. John is that person 400 years down the road. And he knows it. Wow. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Are you a prophet? Are you this, that, and the other thing? I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord. He knew who he was. And I want to say this. God wants you and I to know who we are in Christ. What we are to do in Christ. Personally and corporately. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. That you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit, your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Well, it looks to me that... For this verse to become active in our lives, we need to have a revelation that I didn't choose him. He chose me. Upon choosing us, he appointed us. He gave us a commission, every one of us, that we individually and collectively go and bear fruit What's the fruit? The precious fruit of the earth. Souls. Souls. Sharing our faith with folk. And stop copping out on this stupid personality while well, I'm very introverted. You're called. You have been chosen. You have been anointed. To bear fruit. Right. You share your faith and activate your faith to share the love of God with somebody. Ask the Lord for his years. Ask the Lord for the cry of the lost. When you look at somebody that's incarcerated. Or you look at criminals. What is. Do you have disdain or compassion? This horrid. You know rioting down there. Racial and bigoted. They're, they ought to be glad I'm not God. There would be a whole lot of Caucasian. And, and all uh, a whole lot of Caucasians cooked. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I hate bigotry. I hate prejudice. Well, pastor, that's not love. No, the Bible says hate evil. That's right. Pride, arrogance, the evil way, and perverse mouth. Those things God hates, and he gives you and I license to hate them as long with him. Right. Hallelujah. My people the demonic influence behind it. So, I want to bear fruit. Say, I want to bear fruit. And I want my fruit to remain. You lead somebody to Christ. I want to just say, put something in your sights. Put a goal in your sight. We're in August. September, October, November, December. You have four months. Believe. To lead somebody to Christ in the next four months. It's not hard. We just have to do it. Share the love. Now if you have your goal. Well you know I, I, I'm going to try to win somebody to Christ. So I can at least give a testimony of church. <laughs> Please give the testimony of church. But let our motive be right. I have been chosen. See, I'm, I'm going to encourage you. you know, the Bible says to meditate on his word day and night. Meditate on this. Meditate on this. I am chosen. Personalize it. I didn't choose Jesus, but Jesus chose me and appointed me. That I should go and bear fruit every day. At the inferences all the time. And that your fruit should remain. Ooh. There's love in action. Say love in action. Love and action. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Yeah, wow. Now, let's look at it in context. What is the fruit here? What's the fruit? Soul. Soul. Everybody, Soul. don't be afraid. Yeah. Hey, I don't think the Lord would be offended that there's yeah. more revelation have to, to, have to it. You what? Another ambassador. Another oh, ambassador. Yeah, there are ambassadors. Oh. Oh, how many ambassadors are around us that don't know they is yet? At least called to it. Oh, wow. Well, Would you imagine that if the if there was an inkling in the spirit or a prophecy that came forth? Oh, no. Oh, my God. This is good. Why? Did the devil, from the book of Genesis chapter 3, endeavor to keep the seed of the woman from ever existing? Because he was going to crush his head. The seed of the woman is going to crush your head. So from that point on, he endeavored to influence societies to kill those of whom the seed was promised to come through. Right? Right? When did Jesus get tempted by the devil? What was the signal that he truly was the one in the spirit realm? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That goes out throughout the, the sound of that re- resonates throughout in the spirit realm and throughout that whole, the whole. The whole, all the atmosphere. Some say an angel spoke. Others say it was thundered. What did the devil hear? (laughs) This is the one. I got goosebumps. This is the one. That's prophesied by God himself. That will crush my head. He's the one. I've been trying to keep him from coming on this planet since Genesis chapter 3. And he's here. What am I going to do with this one? I I must take him out. God cast me out of heaven. Now you want to hear something interesting? prophet dick mills who's home with the lord he believed this he said i'm really i believe this i'm really convinced that this he said but i can't preach it necessarily he said but i believe gabriel is the messenger of the father that michael is the messenger and servant of the for the holy spirit and the anointed cherub halel satan was the servant of jesus when he tried to exalt himself above the stars in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. He was cast out of heaven. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 10? I saw Satan fall like lightning. How? He was right before him. He served Jesus. He was the anointed cherub to worship the Lamb of God from the foundations of the earth. You started understanding this stuff and you started understanding the war we're in. You start understanding why the devil tries so hard to keep us from going public with our faith. Why? Because we're called, anointed, and appointed to be fruitful, to lead, to minister the love of God, to activate the gifts of the Spirit, to trust Him, to give us something to to contact somebody. To to uh, how, how's the world around you? How's your family? How are your neighbors? Our neighbors going to know that God's real just because we're religious or we go to church or because the Holy Spirit empowers us with a word and we give ourselves to prayer at home and we come into an agreement with the Lord and if there's family members let's pray for our neighborhood that we can share Christ with them and expect the Holy Spirit to give us things when we go out or, before we go out, so that we can even go to them. When's the last time you baked your neighbor a cake? And just took a cake over and said, I just want you to know, we appreciate you. We're praying for your success. And we're not Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons. Amen. We just want you to know that God loves you and we're so glad that you're our neighbor. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you. Would you like a slice? I'm glad. Thank you. I would, and then invite yourself in. If they invite you in, just go on in with them and have a slice of cake, and and conversation could open up. Well, why would you do this? Because I really want to want you to know how much God loves you. Being real. Amen. we didn't get to procrastination and all that stuff yet we'll get to it (sighs) verse 17 these things I command you that you love one another but I'm going to share this because Carol you didn't know I was going to share this I'll share one more verse with you where we have time I think this has been pretty good Matthew 24 Carol read from it but I had this in my, as one of the texts that that I was going to refer to. In Matthew 24, Jesus begins to share about what's all the activities of things that would be happening in the earth. Starting with verse 10 of 24, he says, and then many will be offended. He's talking about the, Society, but he's also talking about the church and the body in the context. Many will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the agape of many will grow cold. Carol pointed it out. It's not filial love. It's not a soulish love that anybody and everybody has. Agape is something that is resident in Christians. Hence, when you get into Thessalonians, you look at the end times. There's a falling away from the faith and apostasy. Listen, apostasy isn't something that just, you know, you turn your back on the Lord. You're you're all familiar with the thing, if you throw a frog in hot water, it jumps out. Beat, don't fail me now. It is out of the the tub, amen? But if you put a frog in room temperature water, slowly turn it up. It gets to the point where it's boiling. The frog frog isn't even cognizant of the change. And all of a sudden, it gets listless. And its blood boils and it dies. Frog soup. That's how the apostasy works. Very little by little. The devil don't care if it takes 10 years to get you out of your faith. To get out. Let me say this. To get you out of your fruitfulness. Maybe he can't get you to see your soul damned again. But if I can keep you from being fruitful, that's putting it in God's face. I'll have many trophies. The more Christians I can keep from being fruitful, that's like slapping God in the face. Think about it. What are you saying? I'm saying we are called to fruitfulness. Nothing less. So what does that mean? That means when you wake up in the morning. You start changing the way you start your day. And Proverbs 12 it says. A man will eat good by the fruit of his mouth. You need to get your life turned around. Get your mouth lined up with the word of God. I'm going to tell you what. All hell can be breaking loose around you. Remember last week we talked about it. That's why this stripe right here. All this other stuff on the other side here. This multi-colored multi, uh, carpet. It's like the broad and the narrow. Or broad way of destruction. But this path. And it's Well, this is wide for a narrow path. (laughs) Jesus is talking about something where if you're going through like a mountain pass, you have nothing on you and you're just making your way through. It's kind of like that that tight a fit, but you're focused. So if I'm the devil and I'm the enemy of God and I'm your enemy, how can I slap God in the face? What can I do to... To, to put it in God's face. What did we look at last week? Mark chapter 4. The cares of this world. The seefulness of riches and desire for other things. Choke the word of God. The things you're believing for. The things that you know you should be doing. Cut off the oxygen. To where? You almost pass out or you pass out. Thereby unfruitful. Listen, I'm preaching to myself. Forget you all. I'm preaching to myself. I, I, I'm getting. I, wanna, I want the eye of the tiger. To be fruitful for the Lord. And Listen. It's great when you can just bring, get folks born again and bring them out to church. The church isn't caught here to do your job. Jesus is saying, you win them, you feed them. You win them, you care for them. I mean, bring them out to the assembly, of course, for the corporate good. They need a family. But if you win in them, you need to be the instrument and vessel that begin to share the love of God with them and get them grounded in the faith. How they, they ain't listen? I'm preaching. Listen, we don't. You know, we have a building. We're blessed with a building. But what if we didn't have a building? They didn't have buildings in the early church. Nope. House to house, they preached. They loved. They cared. They shared. Oh glory! That should still be going. Well, say, I am called, I I have, I am chosen chosen. and appointed appointed. to bear fruit. fruit. I will not let let preoccupation or procrastination stop me me. from being unfruitful or from, sorry, from being fruitful. For the Lord and for my father, in Jesus' name. Now, I want to pray for you. Please stand. Wow, this went a whole lot different than I planned. Father, in Jesus' name, just lift your hands, if you would, to God. Let's worship him. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we were those among those who did not deserve the grace of God. We didn't deserve your favor, your kindness, your benevolence, but you chose us. Hallelujah. We're so grateful to be chosen of you, Jesus, and appointed by you. Called by you, Father, to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God, representatives of the kingdom of heaven. On the planet Earth. Lord, we're not our own. We have been bought with a price. But it's so, to me, it's so thrilling to just afresh to realize again that you chose us and appointed us to be fruitful. And that our fruit remain. Lord, as your gifts are activated in us. But Lord. Lord. As we look there in Matthew 24, that the love of many will wax cold in, in, these, in these days that we're in. We pray for our company. Bobby G. Merck said, call our congregation a company of believers. We pray for our company of families in one family to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish. To subdue. Have dominion. That Lord that we would love you. Keep your commands. Be your friends. And not lose. Or allow. Anything. To rob us of our intimacy with you. And Holy Spirit with the precious revelation you give us concerning scripture. And the empowerment to live it on a daily basis. In Jesus precious name. We vow to give you all the honor. All the glory and all the praise. Amen. Say I am fruitful. I'm going after a soul between now and December. Now listen you can get more than one. You can get one a day. How about one a day vitamins. How about one a day soul. Glory to God. Amen. God bless you. We love you. And I expect good testimonies of your fruitfulness in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen.